Welcome to Locked On Warriors. On today's show, we open up the mailbag to answer questions about whether or not Steph Curry can average a career high in assists, and if Jordan Poole is the long-term starter at shooting guard. All of that and more coming up next. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Friday edition of Locked On Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg. However, you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Opening up the mailbag today, I got a great bunch of questions. Going to talk about uh, Jordan Poole's long term outlook. Can he be a long term starter for Golden State going forward? When will Clay Thompson return? We have a little bit of news sort of on that, and then uh, a question about Andrew Wiggins uh, and his status going forward. All of that uh, in a moment. But let's start today's episode with this question from Zach, who writes in, Hey, Wes, love the pod. Do you think Steph could average a career high in assists this year? With the improved spacing and with Wiseman coming back to a Warriors offense that seems willing to run more pick and roll, I know we are unsure of how much those two will actually play together. Regardless, when they are on the floor together, Steph, by default, is going to have the ball in his hands more. Um... It's an interesting question uh, because, not so much because of the Wiseman angle, um, I don't know how much Wiseman's going to play, even. And when he does play, how much of that will be with Steph. I think that this coaching staff will try to find pockets during games, throughout the season, uh, against certain matchups where they can play James Wiseman with Steph because a big part of his development will be learning how to play off of a guy like Steph. But um, for the most part, I mean, for Steph to average a career high in assists, let's talk about what his career high is. It's eight and a half. He averaged that in 2013, 2014. Um, but since Steve Kerr took over, Steph hasn't even come close to 8.5 assists per game. Uh, not even close. Under, with, when, when, when Steph was playing under Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson put the ball in Steph's hands a lot. Just very traditional point guard. Draymond Green obviously wasn't a starter at that point. Um, and uh, Steph, like I said, he was just... Steph, by the way, when he entered the league, was a phenomenal passer right away. People tend to forget that about Steph early on. Um, just a really, like, Steve Nash comparisons early on, all of that stuff. And the ball was in his hands for good reason. But since Steve Kerr took over, he hasn't even touched that 8.5 mark. Hasn't had more than seven assists since 2015. Um, and Basketball Reference uh, projects 5.9 assists per 36 minutes for him this season, which I think is about in line with what I was expecting. And it's, it's, it's about in line with what he's averaged over the last couple of years. So, um, no, I don't think he's going to average a career high. I don't think it's even part of the conversation. Now, Draymond will continue to average a ton of assists. At this stage in his career, he is sort of the de facto point guard, right? He is running offense more. He is most effective when the ball is in his hands. That's when he can do most damage offensively. And that also frees up guys like Steph and these other shooters that they have. Uh, to play off the ball and get easy catch-and-shoot opportunities. So I think Draymond's going to continue to average a ton of assists. And then with all of that, and to uh, your point here, uh, Jack, or Zach, sorry, um, I, I with the increased spacing, I think the Warriors are going to rack up a ton of assists, and I actually think that they could potentially lead the league in assists this season. They lead the league in passing every single year, or at least they're near the top of it. Uh, I, they're going to be right up there. Now they're going to—they have the shooters to make those shots. You bring in Otto Porter, uh, who's just automatic from the corners. You bring in a guy like Nemanja Bielitsa, who 
not only is a floor spacer, right, and he's going to, you know, there, people are going to get assists passing to him out on the perimeter, but he's a really good playmaker himself. We've seen that in the preseason, right? Jordan Poole has gotten a lot better um, as a playmaker as his career has gone on now going into his third year. We expect a leap out of him, the ball to be in his hands more. I think that's going to add a different element to the offense as well. Somebody that defenses have to respect as a scorer, but also, and that's going to open up things for him as a passer. And he, you know, has a natural playmaking ability. He's got good timing, good feel for it. Um, so, no, Steph's not going to even touch his career high assists. I don't think he ever will again. I just don't think that that's part of his game anymore, um, which is fine. That, it's probably better that way. I mean, he is so dangerous off the ball that assists is kind of like the last thing I think anybody cares about with Steph. He'll probably average around six. Sixy, six per game per every season for the rest of his career. Probably something around that while he's uh, still in his prime at least. Um, I do think he can average a career high in three-point attempts per game. I think he's going to take 14, 15 threes a game, uh, which, and he should. I think that's the right number. I mean, if anybody in the league should, it's, it's Steph, and I see no reason why he shouldn't be taking 15 threes per game. Um, all right, uh, moving on to our other mailbag questions here. And remember, uh, the easiest way to leave uh, or to have your mailbag question answered is to leave that question in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to get some more reviews coming in, some more positive reviews coming in, uh, most certainly. And um, if you can leave a five-star uh, rating and then in the review, ha leave your question in there. And that's the only way to guarantee that your question is asked. Um, we got a question coming up about when Clay Thompson could return. Um, that's coming up next. But first, let's talk about... Sweat block. Look, there's a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. Uh, you know, when you're just sweating through your shirts for no reason. It's embarrassing. And some of you may be personally dealing with this. I can tell you that I deal with this. I, I sweat like a pig all the time. And when I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Uh, now, listen, I, I know this isn't life and death. There's much bigger problems going on in the world right now. But let's be honest, in the moment, it does feel like it's a big deal. And there's something that you can do about it. And that's why I use sweat block antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it a night before, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and then go about your day without worrying about sweat. It's guaranteed. I know this is going to sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the entire time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on which one's going to hide the sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Locked on again, 20% off at sweatblock.com. Use that promo code locked on or find it on Amazon and CVS. Thanks again for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. This next question in our mailbag comes from Jerry, who writes in When do you expect Clay Thompson to return? Um, so we have a little bit of news on this. Uh, Sham Strani from the Athletic and Stadium reporting that. Um, Clay is expected to be cleared for full practice in, quote, the next month or so. So not really news, not really an update. Like, the next month or so can really kind of just mean anything. Um, so it's kind of like a non-update update, right? It kind of just, you know, whatever. Um, but that's about in line with what we were expecting, right? In the next month or so would be November, December-ish, right? Month or so. November, December-ish. Yeah, that's about what we expected. That doesn't mean he's cleared to play games. It just means he's cleared for full practice, which he is not been cleared to play uh, or to participate to participate in yet right not full contact none of that kind of stuff so um i think that's what everybody is pretty much expected this entire time if he comes back in the next month 
if he's ready to go, let's call it mid-November, right? Let's the 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 earliest of month or so's versions. If he comes back November fifteenth, let's call it. Um, he needs a couple of weeks to get back into game shape, and that would uh, and or you know a couple of weeks to practice, a couple of weeks to get into game shape, and all that kind of stuff. That's now mid-December. I mean, that would be the earliest, but I don't, I still don't anticipate him coming back that early. But we'll see. I mean, it really just. I, I still think January makes the most sense. It's what I've heard the entire time as an expectation. I really have not heard 2021 um, from any credible people, any any credible sources that I have. I've never heard really December as a return date. Um, I think January makes the most sense. Early 2022 makes the most sense. Um, so, yeah, cleared for full practice in the next month or so. I mean, that could be the end of November, and he takes a month to get ready and... We know that they're going to want to have him ready to go uh, and make his debut at a home game at Chase Center. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably when I, I still think January 18th. That's again, it's an ed, it's a guess, it's an educated guess. It's the start of a seven game homestand. I think it makes a lot of sense for him to come back and just stay home and not have to travel and deal with all that. Um, you get a bunch of games of Clay Thompson um, at Chase Center in a row, and then that seven game homestand ends with a primetime game against the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, by the way, before we move on with the mailbag, um, as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm wearing a San Francisco Giants hat. Um, if you're listening to this right now, you might be, a, you're probably a Giants fan. It's probably a good slice of you guys who are Warriors fans and also Giants fans, I would imagine. And, and maybe and if you care about baseball uh, and if you care about the Giants, man, that sucked last night, right? Look, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Warriors. I'm a reporter, right? I'm not really a fan of baseball, honestly, and I'm not a Bay Area native, right? And, you know, I'm recording this from Miami. Um, but I'll tell you this, man. Growing up in South Florida, Marlins games were fine. You know, you could get the tickets pretty much for free. They played where the, in the stadium that the Dolphins played for years. Um, I'm rambling, but I will get to my point here. But... Uh, they played in the Dolphins Stadium for years, just at a football stadium. It didn't have a great atmosphere. They finally got their own park built in um, uh, a little Havana out here in Miami. And um, I've been once or twice. It's fine, but it's kind of like an arena. It doesn't really feel like a, a ballpark, you know what I mean? So when I moved out to the Bay Area uh, six, seven years ago, before moving back to Miami, um, I went to a Giants game, and I was blown away. Uh, I think back then it was still AT&T, but um, I was just blown away with the feel and the vibes and just the tradition. And I was like, oh, I get it. This is what a baseball park feels like. This is what a ballpark ought to be like. It should feel like this. This is why people love baseball. And look, the Marlins won the World Series in 97 and in 2003. And I loved those teams. I loved Miguel Cabrera, Dontra Willis, all those guys. That was my, those were my, those were my guys. That was my team. And there were seasons where I loved base, but I was watching those games on TV. I wasn't going to a ton of games because it didn't matter. Uh, but going to a Giants game matters. And it was really cool to live in a city where baseball was so important because I didn't have that growing up. And there's just something traditional about it. There's something just romantic about it. And uh, it was really, really cool. And that's why you see me wearing these Giants hats a lot is because I still just have an affinity for everything that that represented and, and what that means to San Francisco. So that was a check swing. It was a BS call. We all know it. Uh, I don't know that it would have made a difference in the end. It was a hell of a season for the Giants. And obviously they're young, talented, um, and they're only going to keep uh, competing from here on out. But uh, 
that was a, that was a check swing. I, I don't lousy call. It was a really great game too. Uh, shame that it ended that way. So again, thank you for tuning in to Locked On Warriors. I know that you'll probably have the heartbreak of the Giants' loss there, but uh, it was a really good season, and I think we we can't underestimate that. Again, I'm not a Giants fan. I'm not really a fan of baseball, but I just have an affinity for the Giants because of uh, of that feeling that I was trying to describe to you. It's, it's one of a kind. It really is. Um, all right, let's move on with the rest of our mailbag here. This next question from some Jay who writes in, do you think Jordan Poole can ascend to the point where he keeps Clay's starting spot even when he's fully healthy, essentially turning Clay into a backup? Well, that's quite the question. Uh, no, I... Look, I think Jordan Poole can ascend to the point where he is a starting caliber player. I mean, you could argue right now, look, I don't want to make too much out of the preseason, but the numbers that he's putting up, uh, 23 points per game, 3.5 assists, 52, 40, 85 shooting splits. I mean, that, that's obviously starter. That's high-level starter quality. I mean, he's not going to have 23 points a game this season. But, um, yeah, I think he's borderline starter quality right now if he can stay consistent, like, throughout the entire season. That's been his biggest problem, but... Um, I but starting over Clay Thompson, that's a different thing. I mean, Clay has the the equity; he's got you know the roots there, um, and he's uh, depending on what he looks like when he comes back from this injury, he's better defensively, and I think that's a big part of uh, of uh, that starting lineup clicking into place. They need that defensively. Jordan Poole still is not very good defensively. He needs to get better, um, and it's a matter of him locking in. I mean, Steve Kerr talked about this the other day. I mean, just not giving up. Right, not just focusing on the offensive end, you know, locking in on every possession defensively, and that'll come with time. But there's off, there's obviously like inherent disadvantage. He's just not a big dude, right? He's not tall. He doesn't have a huge frame. He's never going to be a plus defender as the way that Clay Thompson was and probably still will be. Now I'll say this: with the way the league is going, I think Jordan Poole can ascend to the point where he keeps a starting spot, but does not necessarily move Clay Thompson. To the bench, maybe when Andrew Wiggins' contract expires, or maybe there's a trade down the road, or something like that. There's a world where Steph is your is obviously your point guard. Jordan Poole is there at the two spot. Clay is kind of playing as the three, and then you've got Draymond and Kevon Looney or James Wiseman down the road or whatever. Um, I could see that. I mean, that's the way the league is going. You could basically play three guards, and Clay Thompson is big enough where he could play the small forward spot no problem. Right? We know this. Uh, and defensively, that might be the way he should go moving forward is if he's, you know, these lower body injuries take a lot of, a lot from you athletically. I'm not worried about him offensively, you know, with the three point shooting and stuff, but the side to side movements and all that stuff that you're required to do on defense, fighting over screens and stuff, it's going to be hard for clay to guard opposing ball handlers the way he did before, especially when he first comes back. So maybe it makes sense for him to guard other bigger players, more forwards, as opposed to ball handlers. And if that's the case, then he probably does become more of a small forward than a shooting guard. And that's fine. He's 6'6". He's big. He's strong. That's, he, could, he could play that position. No problem. You look at what Brooklyn's doing with if Kyrie Irving is available. They've got Kyrie, James Harden, and Joe Harris. That's their, that's their three-guard backcourt. I mean, you could do that, right? You could do that with Steph, Jordan Poole, and Clay, And then with Draymond and, and whoever. I mean, yeah, you're undersized. You're very undersized. But as we've seen in today's NBA, it doesn't really matter all that much. Um, and if you're looking for a way to replace Andrew Wiggins when he becomes a free agent down the road, or maybe even sooner, if you're if a trade something like that materialize, whatever, or maybe you just want to move Andrew Wiggins to the bench, I don't know. Um, I don't ex- I don't anticipate that happening. But the way Jordan Poole, the way his trajectory is going right now, 
Um, maybe he's super sixth man. Maybe he's eventually a starter. I mean, I think you want options if you're Golden State, and that would be the option. But no, I don't think Jordan Poole ever, not anytime soon, certainly. And again, it, it, it does depend on what Clay looks like when he comes back, but I just don't see Jordan Poole taking Clay's starting spot and having Clay come off the bench. I just don't see that uh, happening. Um, all right, we have a question more about Andrew Wiggins, uh, and then our, uh, we uh, have another question about our old friend Kelly Oubre coming up. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. We are back, and better than ever, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, and don't forget to use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From football, back, uh, basketball, and boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, last two questions in the mailbag. Robert writes in. Will the Andrew Wiggins vaccination situation hover over the team, or is this story done? Um, look, I think the Wiggins thing was a really big story in the preseason. I think everybody that's listened to this podcast knows how big of a story it was. Um, but I think it's pretty much done now. I mean, he got the shot. He's with the team. He's playing in preseason games. He'll play in regular season games. I mean, he's fine. I think it's done. And I don't think it's going to hover. I don't think there's any animosity. I think Andrew Wiggins is maybe still a little nervous just personally about, you know, the ramifications of having gotten the vaccine. That's, you know, his personal thing. I don't think that has anything to do with the team right now. Um, Draymond Green, Steph Curry were very supportive of him. Uh, Andre Iguodala, I mean, the leaders of that locker room were very supportive of his personal decision um, to initially not get the vaccine and obviously very supportive and happy that he ended up getting the vaccine. Um, I think this thing is just dead. I think this is over. Um, I don't anticipate this being an issue going forward. Um, Pragmatic Raider writes in, uh, before you go, Wes, I need you to answer this question since I think you're the only one who could uh, and would. Was Kelly Oubre actually a fan of the Misfits music, or did he just think that it was a cool-looking tattoo to get? Um, so I actually did some research on this, and I couldn't find anything of, of Kelly Oubre being asked about this Misfits tattoo. If, you don't, if you're not aware, Kelly Oubre has a ton of tattoos, and they're very, very cool. I mean, maybe, maybe the nicest tattoos in the NBA? I'm kind of just saying that off the cuff. Um, so, I mean, come at me with any other options. I love, I'd love to have this conversation in the comment section here on YouTube, but probably the nicest tattoos in the NBA, right? I mean, if you're into like really tatted up, but like just looking at each individual tattoo, like really well done stuff. Um, the Misfits tattoo is on his leg and it's the low, it's that Misfits skull logo with the Misfits, the name of the Misfits over the skull logo. So it is not just like, oh, that skull looks cool. Let me get that. No, it's a Misfits tattoo. There's no doubt about it. It says it um, on his leg. So um, the Misfits are a band, a punk rock band that was that broke up in 1983. Um, Kelly Oubre was born in 1995. Born and raised in New Orleans playing basketball. That intersection of cultures I don't and, and eras seems really strange to me. Like... Which would really look, I was born in 1991 and I love the Misfits. So I'm not, I'm not saying like just because you weren't, just because they broke up in 83 and you were born in the 90s, you can't like the Misfits. I mean, I, I've got Misfits albums. I love all like the Ramones, the Misfits, all, you know, uh, 
Husker do, like those that, those old school '80s punk rock band. I'm all in. But uh, I was, you know, my my parents were into that too. I don't know what Kelly Oubre's, you know, parents what kind of music they liked. I don't know. That's how I got turned on to it. So they like the Misfits. Do you just think it's a really cool logo? I don't know. I wish I could have asked him about that. And I actually saw Kelly Oubre uh, in Miami when Charlotte played them in a preseason game, but he was not available for interviews um, because he was injured. But um, I don't think I would have asked him about the Misfits tattoo anyway. But the next time I see him, you know what? I will ask him about it. Also, I'm sure he'll come around. I mean, he plays for Charlotte now. Same division as Miami. Remind me on Twitter uh, to ask him. You might have to. Um, but I will, I will try. I promise I will try to remember to ask him and answer that question because I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. Um, all right, that'll do it for me today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On Warriors on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can comment and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That is how you are guaranteed to have your question answered in our mailbag episodes. Going to keep doing this um, every week until I'm done with Locked On Warriors at the end of October. If that is news to you, um, yes, I am transitioning away from Locked On Warriors after leaving the Bay Area News Group, taking jobs in Miami now. I, I am currently living in Miami um, I've got you for the rest of the month, right? So finish off the preseason on Lockdown Warriors. Going to get into some of the regular season stuff with Lockdown Warriors. But November 1st, I will be moving from Lockdown Warriors to Lockdown Heat. Of course, it's always been a pleasure um, giving you guys this podcast and interacting with you guys. Um, really do appreciate everybody who has subscribed and supported the show and has listened to the show and has watched the show now on YouTube. So uh, don't know who's going to take over yet, but I promise you, you will be in good hands. Um, and so that's my update to end up the week. That's my final episode of the week, and I will see you next week, starting Monday, with our preseason takeaways, and then the regular season begins. Got a lot of good stuff happening. Enjoy your weekend. See you next time.